to listen to an EMP Sports production, proudly presented on the What Sports Network. The views and opinions expressed by the DJs on this station are solely theirs and not those of Ames Community College, Ames Student Radio, or the Communication Media Department. That is 100% correct on the fact that our views of the EMP show being the number one rated Ames student radio show in the history of Ames is accurate. Yeah, that's not actually just an opinion. That's not just a view. Those are just facts. Exactly. Like, we literally open up the student handbook and we find it right there. That is, that is literally the first paragraph. Yes, Article 3, Subsection 4, Paragraph 7. It's just the way it goes, people. Get with the times. And getting with the times, I want to know what Mike's been up to this entire time of just hanging out in quarantine. What's well, What's been going on, brah? You know... Knowing me, I've been watching a lot of sports. Makes um, sense. Makes sense. I actually, for the first time, signed up for NBA League Pass, specifically Team Pass, so I can watch the Nuggets. Because um, other, I don't have time to watch every game in the NBA. I'd like to. I don't have that kind of time. Actually, hold I up. Mean, hold, 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 real quick. I feel like whatever you're getting ready to get into, I feel like it's just it's missing something right now. Like what? I don't. No, what? Oh, man. What were those things that we used to do anytime we had like a big announcement or like a big story? Oh, pom-poms. Pom- oh, no. Oh. T.A., what, what were they called? Like hot buns or, or hot Hot, hot cross buns. I used to play that on the recorder. I was pretty badass. Is, is that what it is? is? Is that what hot cross buns? Is that what we push? No, 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 no. Hot cross buns. <sighs> T.A., what were they called? I have no idea. And that's why you're no longer the T.A. <laughs> but, Mike, before we do this, let's just, let's just give it a whirl for old time's sake. Okay. Hold on here. <laughs> we're giving it a whirl. <laughs> we're shaking off the rust. Check, check. This. Ish. Out. Out. Uh, it's so great to be back, man. Uh, I forgot they don't like click automatically. I have to like move them over into the list. All right. Anyway. Wow. Yeah. It's all right, man. When when it's you're okay. when you're a two time BEA winning show, you know the BEA International College competition, you can do whatever you want to. You can screw up when you want to because it doesn't happen that often. So basically what Eddie's saying is that that was all on purpose. Exactly. Because if we don't mess up, then you'll never hear a mistake on our side. Yeah. That, 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 that is factual there, actually, Eddie. 110%. All right, man. Break it down. What's been up in your neck of the woods? Well, been watching a good amount of basketball. And in case your head has been under a rock, A huge trade went down yesterday. James Harden got sent to the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, Levert, Jarrett Allen got shipped out, along with four first-round picks and four pick swaps from Brooklyn. Uh, Houston ended up parlaying that into getting Victor Oladipo as well to Houston. Right. But it uh, set up an interesting interaction for me a, a unique one for me something that's never happened to what do you me mean for uh i got blocked for the very first time on twitter what yes i i'm like the picture of serenity i am i am calm now you know okay and i got blocked on twitter so i, I understand getting blocked on like facebook getting blocked on uh the instagram but how does one get blocked on twitter if you would have asked me this question last week you know i would have probably said you'd have to be super offensive you'd have to be trying to really tear somebody down and calling them stupid or whatever 
All right. You know, saying something racist, maybe. I don't know. Something like that to get blocked. All right. So, so like a 13-year-old boy didn't like your comments and just and just blocked you, right? Talking yeah. about like Call of Duty or something like that. I get it. I get it. Oh, yeah. So, somebody being overly sensitive. Another reason, I guess. Um, what happened is not one of those. And I, unfortunately, myself, cannot see it anymore because of, you know, the whole being blocked thing. But that is why... We brought in our very highly unpaid intern, Kate. <sighs> the intern. <laughs> Hello, intern. Speak. Okay. All right. You know what, intern? Right. Don't speak anymore. Seriously, this is ridiculous. Wait, doesn't sir. he want me to read the tweet, though? Oh, yes. Go ahead. Okay. Carry on. All right. All right. Where do you want me to start, Mike? You know what? Let's, let's just take it from the top. Uh, that way people can see how ordinary this was. All right. So this original tweet says, News, Nets get hardened per ESPN. Views, Bucks got holiday, Lakers got better. Nuggets stood by and let it all be. So when is next year for our local NBA team? 2023, the 12th of never, you tell me. I mean, and that was a harmless enough tweet. I happen to disagree with that tweet pretty animately uh yet oh you know what you go ahead and tell them what i said back and how offensive clearly it was so mike says for starters the lakers didn't get better wash it best holiday was a good ad but slightly overhyped especially if you consider what the nuggets would have given up and the nets mortgaged everything for a player that would not have made the nuggets better all right uh, initial thoughts. What, what was my response out of line, Eddie? Sir, I do not see anything being out of line. I think it was an appropriate stance on your opinion. Nothing to not nothing that that's that's deemed as like oh, he's just being disrespectful. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. So, um. Mr. Mark then responded in kindly. Go be an apologist elsewhere, please and thanks. And then, I respect your right to be 125% wrong for starters. 125% wrong. Like, is that even physically possible? Uh, Considering that all my takes were actually correct, no, not at all. Okay. So basically, what I'm getting is. This gentleman wants to voice his opinion, but doesn't want anybody else to voice theirs. Yes. So I calmly responded with, you know, my thought process behind my takes. Which part? The Lakers didn't just add pieces without losing pieces. And I really don't think Harden and Jokic would have worked together, not to mention the damage to culture slash chemistry. Maybe there's an argument for the holiday trade. All sound, sound logic there, I feel like. And, very, very appropriate and respectful. Yeah, before going into those thought processes, uh, there was just one more tweet involved. Maybe there's an argument for blocking you. This Mike didn't and say that. <laughs> I was blocked. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> just like I mean, that. <laughs> just like that. Oh. I mean, I, I've I've said this since then when I really don't feel like the Lakers got markedly better. I'm sure we can talk about this more on Monday when our surprise return host gets back with us. I I, I can agree to that. I I don't feel like the Lakers really got better. They traded pieces out, maybe flatlined, but the pieces that are trading out are all advanced in their career to say it nicely so the thought of them actually being better this season than they were last season does not make sense to me the holiday trade if the nuggets had done it I, that, that, that just doesn't seem like a needle mover especially considering we would have had to have given up mpj which is at least yeah which isn't smart on our end at all and then the Harden trade, 
who in their right mind looks at Harden and Jokic and says that is a good comp? Like those are two complementary pieces. Man, all I know is I can't believe he got blocked. That's insane. <laughs> oh, that's that's a good way to start 2021 off, right? Getting oh, blocked. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe the first of many. Who knows? Only time will tell, man. That that's the goal. Let's see how many times you can get blocked by somebody. Without being, you know, outlandish and just calmly stating my opinion. Right. <laughs> okay. But I will say this. We are incredibly lucky to have gotten you as our TA slash intern. Mainly because you bring us food and drinks. Um, yeah, but the coffee cart's closed mine? today. Oh, the coffee cart. We've had some fun memories at that coffee cart. <laughs> I actually did go to get coffee this morning and realized it was closed. Makes sense. Yeah. Were you planning to bring me coffee? Well, um, Mike, I, I don't have that much time to go bring you coffee. And I think by the time I get there, it'd be cold and kind of gross. Invest in a better mode service. of transportation. <laughs> if they if If there's like teleportation or something. Then sure, I'll bring you coffee. You do realize that like most thermoses like guarantee to keep your drink hot for like twenty four hours, right? Yeah, and but then I still have to drive nonstop, down there. You can make it here in twenty four hours. You can actually make it here in eighteen. Eighteen hours, Kate. So long. Which time. means I still have six hours of hot beverage left. <laughs> that he can enjoy. <laughs> And considering the show is just Monday, Friday, and Monday, Wednesday, Friday, every other day, that gives you enough time to get coffee, bring it to me, get back there to get more coffee, and bring it back to me for the next show. Wait, I'm confused. Why don't I just like DoorDash you coffee? Because that doesn't have the same heartfelt love. Well, sure it does. I can send them with like a note or something. (laughs) That's ridiculous, sir. Ridiculous. Anyway, bro, like, it, it's been so quiet around Ames. Like, it's not even fun anymore. Now, now, is this because I'm not there or just because of the pandemic? Definitely because you're not here. Okay. Like, That's when, what I was hoping. When we're all together, man, like, the halls were, were loud. People were running around throwing books in the air. Not running away from us, just to clarify for our listeners. Yes. Yes, they would normally flock to us. And it would be a grand old time. But seriously, yes. man, like like the halls are so quiet. Nobody's running around taking their shirt off. It, it's it's ridiculous. Like nobody's starting fights. It's sad. Are you sure nobody's starting fights, Eddie? You are still on campus. But there's nobody to start a fight with. Oh, the, the lack of opportunity is what you're telling me. Yes. The the applications have slowly not been coming in. I, I'm sure the applications to fight you were just piling up before this. There were, because everybody wanted a piece of the E from the EMP show. Yes. I mean, with your two belts and everything. Hey, man, last time I checked, you're the one carrying those around. You know, I, I, I think there is probably security cam footage of me walking around with those. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there, there is, man. <laughs> Uh, that was a fun day. How uh, has uh, this pandemic actually affected you and your fighting? Um, honestly, man, like like I haven't been fighting. It's uh, it's been more my my student stuff, but even that's kind of slowed down, man. It's kind of been it's kind of really sad. Like we've only been able to have four fights since the shutdown, and those mm-hmm. have all been out of state in uh in Wyoming, so. It's, Does uh, it's, Wyoming have uh, laxer protocols or something? Yeah, they uh, they have a little bit more lax um, standards, I guess, mainly because like the whole state of Wyoming has like fourteen people living there. But, and uh, a half. Ah, uh, unfortunately, that half is no longer there. They moved. Man, to, I was really pulling for them. They moved to Nebraska, so. Huh. I don't know if they upgraded. There's not an upgrade in Nebraska, man. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, it's been kind of slow, man. Like even, even uh, 
states such as like Nebraska and Kansas, their MMA fighting scene is it's kind of gone downhill. Everybody's looking for other opportunities, different states to take their fighters. So it is what it now, is. Man. With the pandemic, didn't the UFC uh, start like a fight island or something like that? <sighs> they, how do I say this? So they have a country that they are hosting their fights, and it's it's covered up like it's in, it's enclosed. They have a bunch of little like cubicles, so everybody's like separated, which really frustrates me because they keep posting up this picture of their MMA cage on the sand right next to the ocean. It's like, when is that gonna actually like happen? You know what I mean? Nobody wants to watch fights in another building. Put it on the on on the beach like it's supposed to be. Well, yeah. If you're not going to have like an arena full of screaming fans, why not do like an on location type of fight? Go up to the top of freaking Mount Everest and set up an octagon up there and have a fight. I'm pretty sure it'd be a little bit too cold and the lack of oxygen would not make for great fights. Hard nipples never stop the fight. You know what? That is actually true. That That is true. I've watched a lot of movies that make that pretty accurate. Uh, so, so that's what's going on in Colorado now. What's what's going down there? And where are you at, man? You're you're down there in in Louisiana, right? I'm in Louisiana. Uh, actually, the f- had a snowfall this past week. Actual snow on the ground. Well, that's Louisiana. always that's always crazy. a plus. And uh, it was actually, even though she was born in Colorado, it was my daughter's first time interacting really with snow. So we built like a couple of little mini snowmen. It was really cute. There we go. That's what's up right there, man. Oh, you guys normally don't get snow down Louisiana, huh? Um, I, I don't feel confident saying normally considering I've been here for less than a year still. Makes but sense. uh I, I feel like not normally. I feel like that's a, a good a good educated guess. A good hypothesis. Yes. Or else, where? How would all the uh, alligators survive, sir? That that is a a very good point. Alligator lives matter. Yes. Ta, what's yeah. been going on with you since uh, you know, the whole pandemic? Not not a whole lot. All right, we're gonna jump back into some music. <laughs> but uh, right, man, we we gotta talk about it. Last night, the avalanche. No, no, that was not last night. That was the night before. Two nights ago. Okay. Well, it just seems like it was last night. It's it's been that long since hockey. The wound. But uh, yeah, take that back. So last night the Eagles played and they lost um six to two to the Provo Razor Blades, Razorbacks, whatever you want to call them, out there in Utah. That's what I was thinking of. (sighs) I feel I feel bad for the Eagles, man. Like, for those that know, and for those that don't know, like, I do the PA announcing for the Northern Colorado Eagles hockey team over at mm-hmm. the uh, Greeley Ice House. And since this whole pandemic, man, the last time they had a home game was back in October. Wow. Yeah. They, they've been on the road ever since, man. They just they can't get no love here here in Greeley. It's like, ah, sucks. But back to the Avs, man. It was not a showing that we wanted to start it off hot, but it definitely was not something that we were accustomed to. No. And it it got off to a good start Uh, on their second power play. Burakovsky just sank it into the back of the net. Abs up one to nothing, feeling good, jiving. I got, I was grooving, and it was just all downhill after that. It really was, man. And and unfortunately, I, I how do I say this? Like, I don't think it was the. The layoff, because I mean, if, if we think about it, 
from the Stanley Cup Finals to opening night was about what three months? About seven, eighty days, ninety days. Yeah, probably about three months. So about there. Okay, so there really wasn't that like long layoff of not having enough time to get into the groove of everything. Yeah. I just, there's not like there was a ton of new pieces to try to uh, fit in either. There's really two main guys who got added, but besides that, largely the same core group. Right. I, I honestly, man, I, I think it was just the fact that we missed opportunities and our power play was our uh, our power play defense yeah well, no our power play offense our power play defense we stopped st louis on both of their power plays our penalty kill i mean had you like let me finish okay <laughs> our, ahead, our power play defense showed up and it was doing what it needed to do but our power play offense was not there in the fact of we needed to take advantage Four opportunities in the game came away with just one. And, and overall, that's not a horrible percentage. But just watching in particular the the last two power plays that the Avs had, there was not a lot of shots taken. Uh, a decent amount of puck movement, but never just threw it at front of the net, see what could happen with the man advantage. It was passive, I guess is what I would call it. Uh, I think that kind of sums it up as far as the poor performance. But what's no go ahead, go ahead. Well, and what's kind of disheartening about that is that was one of the biggest um, weaknesses of this Avs team last year. On the whole, in amazing team offensively uh mckinnon rantanen landis gog all putting up great numbers but for some reason and, and you can throw Macar in that as well uh one of the best offensive defensemen in the league right but for some reason you take those pieces and you put them on a power play and it just hasn't worked like you like it should when you look at what the, what's there and it's confusing to me it's it's definitely i i don't want to say it's definitely disheartening because of what happened in the playoffs i mean yes we 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 could have done much better with you know the opportunity to go further but i don't I don't see this loss being one of those losses where it's like in in relation to like the Denver Broncos. You know what I mean? It's it's one of those things where we know that that the entire team can bounce back and hit that five, six, seven straight game win streak. You know what I mean? To where with the Denver Broncos, it's like, hey, if we can just get a field goal, we'll be good. You know what I mean? We're on the board. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, it, similar to the Nuggets. I mean, the Nuggets lost their first game of the season, too. Right. And you get a lot of, like, that knee-jerk reaction of, oh, what's wrong with this team? We did so good last year. Why can't we win? The Avs will be fine. The, the Avs are going to figure it out. They're still going to make the playoffs. I, I can guarantee you. They are still going to make the playoffs, and they will likely be a uh, at, at the least a Western Conference Final team. I, I that, that that's a safe bet. Is the Avs making the playoffs? That's a safe bet. The Nuggets making the playoffs again. Oh yeah. Just because, and and mind you, this isn't because they've won championships. I mean. The last championship for the Avalanche was what back in two thousand eleven? No, no, uh, two thousand one. Two thousand one. There you go. Um, but it's because 
they're they're able to hit those slumps, but able to pull away from them, able to pull away from that slump and make that progress to where the Denver Broncos cannot do that. <laughs> and the Colorado Rockies will start off fire and then just shoot uh, themselves in the foot. You know what Rockies. I mean? Well, another thing, this is only, this is the first of eight games against the blues this season right. because of the uh, way that they're doing things, sp- splitting up the divisions kind of, uh, in a different manner and only playing games within your division until the playoffs start. So. And that, that's the thing, man, because I believe we have our second game against them tonight. Correct. Correct. Okay. So it's definitely uh, a, a good opportunity to, to bounce back and, you know, tie it up one, one, but, and it will be on ESPN plus, which means I can watch it in the morning. You can watch it. Yes. <laughs> but man, ah, uh, what really frustrated me <laughs> was how many games we missed last season because of the issues with altitude and um, the owners of the Avalanche and the Nuggets. It, it became very frustrating. Mm-hmm. Let's hit up. Awesome Denver Nuggets news. What you got, Big Mike? Well, the Denver Nuggets, after getting off to a uh, slow start on the season, to say the least, uh, have actually kind of salvaged their early season. They now officially have a 500 record, saying that six and six, and are in playoff position with the seventh seed currently in the West. Only two games back of the two seed Los Angeles Clippers. So really right in the thick of things over the course of a week could easily end up in, you know, the top three seeds. Man, it, it's it's not a, a big shocker where we're at right now because we know where we can get. You know what I mean? Yes, yes, very much so. We, we got uh, too much talent on the team not to be in the top three. Yes, Way too much talent on the team, which includes Nikola Jokic. Uh, I think we talked about him briefly a little bit earlier. But Jokic is actually currently averaging a triple-double on the season, 24 points, 10 rebounds, and 11 assists. And I believe he is still leading the league in assists per game. And that is our seven-foot center that is leading the league in assists. Is is there really a shock that he's leading? Like like honestly, man, would would you expect anybody else? Um, if I was to be honest, I was thinking maybe Chris Paul down in Phoenix, uh, being able to dish it off to Devin Booker, who is an amazing shooter and whatnot. And he's uh Chris Paul's kind of known for the assist game. That's kind of his bag. But uh because in the past, Jokic has always been good at assists. He's always been one of the best passers in the NBA, but he has he's never really put up this kind of consistent uh, game in, game out passing numbers. That's because you're dealing with a little bit quicker, a much slimmer Jokic than what we've dealt with in the past. Which, which very much so. You you really saw that coming last season. Yeah, he uh, he definitely showed up in shape and with what looked like a determined atmosphere about him. It looked like he showed up and he had a mission that he was he needed to accomplish, and which he he was doing that, you know, with with the way he was balling, with the way they were having to to sit in the little bubble there out in uh. Orlando, it didn't get to him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he was still showing up. He was still he was still out there balling the way he needed to ball. And the nice part about that too, man, is you really got to see Jamal Murray pick it up as well. Yes, 
and it'd be awesome to see Bubble Murray on a consistent basis again. But I got to say, Murray, I'm not, obviously, season's still young. I think he's going to get back to that level, especially when games, like, really start to matter. But overall, I have to say, Murray's been a bit of the disappointment of this season. Again, man, we're we're barely 12 games in. You know what I mean? I yeah. I, I don't I don't see this Jamal Murray sticking around much longer. Is it just me or has he looked kind of tired or disinterested out there on the court? He definitely looks tired. But again, man, it it's the same thing with with the NHL. We we didn't have the regular off time. It was it was what an sixty days from the NBA championship to regular season. Yeah, I think it was seventy, but yeah. So yeah, so two to three months. Same same with the NHL. It's it's not like it was you know the four five six months we we normally wait. Mm-hmm. I don't even think it's that long, dude, honestly. But <clears throat> you, you get what I'm saying. Yes. Uh, another disappointment is we actually have not seen this entire roster actually play together yet. Uh, early on, we were without Jeff Green, or uh, sorry, Jamichael Green, and you saw that second unit just really didn't look good early on. To be expected, a lot of new pieces in particular on that second unit. Once Jermichael Green got into the rotation, coming off that calf strain, that second unit has looked so much better. But once we got Jermichael Green back, we lost MPJ. Uh, MPJ's been out with uh, COVID protocols, and I don't think it's been officially said, but it sounds like he actually came down with COVID this uh, during this last week. So... Not being able to see him on the court, who's been the team's third leading scorer when he was playing, uh, and not allowing that chemistry to build has been a big disappointment to me Right. as far as where I feel like this team could be come playoff time. And unfortunately, man, I mean, like, you you know my stance on the whole COVID and and. Now I think it, it it's it's being overplayed, but when it comes to the the precautions and everything like this, like and you know I'm, I'm probably gonna touch on this on Monday when uh the P is here, but the the way everything is kind of handled really doesn't give teams much leeway and a Mm -hmm. fine example of it is is look at the denver broncos where we literally had uh all our quarterbacks were literally not in a game we had to rely on a wide receiver who had a complete quarterback since 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 his freshman year in college yeah you know what i mean i was trying to like think of how to word that there but he a, switched positions because he wasn't good enough to play on his college team. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, that's that's who we had to rely on, man. <laughs> and uh, that that's what I'm saying. Is like I, I think these, these COVID precautions are so far-fetched on the way they are dealt with. Not Not saying that, you know, it's necessary, like, you know, MPJ, he, he may have COVID. He may just have, you know, the flu. But unfortunately, things are things are like that way, you know. And it's kind of ironic how so many people have COVID, if you can see my quotation marks. And there's so many deaths from COVID and, and how many pro athletes have contracted it, but none of them have died. Do you get my drift? Yeah, but we're also talking about uh, people who are in 
who are you know in peak physical condition and peak health. And see, there there have been reports, quote quote quote, of individuals who were marathon runners and avid in the exercise world and you know fitness gurus, I guess you could say, that got COVID and died. Or I mean, quote quote died. You know what I mean? Well, uh, back to the <laughs> basketball here. Uh, uh, Gary Harris has actually missed a the last two games as well, and a surprise start, a uh, surprise guy to really fill that role has been Bull Bull. Two consecutive starts for Bull Bull in the absence of Gary Harris and MPJ. Uh, and really nice to see him actually get playing time because he looks lost out there a lot of times on the court, but there's so much potential there that you're not going to really be able to actualize and see unless you get that playing time. Right. You you need that actual playing time to actually determine how you can handle it and really allows people to see what you have to offer. It's a lot like MPJ a couple seasons ago. Very, very slow rolled into the season. And I understand why. But at the same time, in the long, long view, getting MPJ experience, seeing if he can become anywhere close to the best version of himself, I feel like is more important uh, and better for the Nuggets than getting Dozier PT out there playing power forward. Right. Now, with with that being said, though, man, like, what do you think as far as the two starts? Like, what do you see? And what what are you liking from Bobo? Well, first game really looked out of place. Uh, like he didn't know what he should be doing in particular when he was out there with the starters. Second game, I felt like he moved a lot more without the ball, which was nice to see. Uh, he didn't just go to a corner and stand there, right. which again, going back to MPJ when he got his first play with the Nuggets in the NBA, I felt like a lot of times he just went to a corner and stood there when he didn't have the ball. Uh, as you learn the flow of the game and the flow of your teammates, it becomes easier to move without the ball and find that proper spacing on the court. And I know Bull Bull is a really good three-point shooter, especially for a seven-foot-two dude. But I'd like to see him get inside a little more. Because uh, even though he's scrawny, and he doesn't necessarily have the strength to have a dominant post-up game. If he gets the ball in there and there's somebody six foot eight guarding him, you don't have to have a strong post-up game. You can just whoop. Right. <laughs> I mean, use that to your advantage. I, I again I know that's not necessarily how he likes to play or what his what he feels like his strength is as a basketball player. But when you're seven foot two, you got to use that. You got to use all your weapons, man. You have to. But I, I feel like that's something that he'll get used to and learn to do the more he gets time out there on the court. And even when Gary Harris comes back, I feel I would like to see one of the guards in the second unit get benched and have Bobel get more time out there. I don't think Mike Malone's going to do that. But I think that's what would be better for the team as a whole. But this is that's just my opinion. My opinions get me blocked on Twitter. Uh, don't worry, man. You will not get blocked here. <laughs> we we believe in the the free what is that? Free speech? Yes. Let's change that. We believe in the free opinions. F- free opinions. Free opinions. Oh. How about we uh how about we take a break here, Eddie, and then come back? Big weekend in football. Uh, The NFL divisional round is coming up. Last week, 
in my preview show uh, really nailed it for five out of six games outside of that Cleveland Pittsburgh game, which let's be honest, who would have thought Cleveland would go up 28, nothing in the first quarter. I believe that took everybody by, uh, by surprise. Yes. Yes. But you know, it is catchy for me. Some football talk with big Mike, Mr. Mike Jones. Yes. Uh, after the sounding success of the super wild card weekend preview show, uh, going to preview the divisional round for all of you and give you my picks and Eddie, maybe he'll surprise you with his picks as well. But we're going to start off with the Los Angeles Rams against the Green Bay Packers because that is the first game up. Now, the Packers had the highest scoring offense with 31.8 points per game in the season, uh, in the league this season. Rodgers led the NFL in passing yards, completion percentage, and rating. Also, and also joined Peyton Manning as being the only quarterbacks with multiple seasons of over 45 touchdown passes. Wait to steal my fire, man. Maybe familiar with Peyton Manning. Wait, wait to steal my fire. Steal your fire? Yeah, I was about to say that. But that's all (laughs) right. That's all right. I guess I'll just throw this out there. Wasn't Aaron Rodgers just like named the MVP as well? I don't know that it's official, but it's basically official. Uh, When you're the quarterback of of a number one seed and you put up the best stats of any quarterback in the NFL – Pretty good chance you're going to win MVP. I wish, you know, John Elway won MVP. Oh, wait, he did. He did. Uh, Yes, he did. All right, back to, back, back to the matchup. Continue. Yes. Uh, and a huge recipient of all that attention was Devontae Adams had the best receiving season, season in Packers history with the most yards and tied for the most touchdowns. Uh, Mr. Devontae Adams ended up with 1,374 yards and 18 touchdowns on the season. What up, Dave? But Sorry, man. I, I had to interrupt, man. <laughs> I haven't seen Dave in so long. But Adams could be running into some trouble as he's going to be matched up against Jalen Ramsey, probably the premier shutdown corner in the NFL. Now, all these things, Packers offense, awesome. Aaron Jones actually had over 1,000 yards on the ground, 1,104 to be exact, averaging 5.5 yards per carry. But they're going to be going up against the best defense in the NFL with the Rams. Uh, Talked about last week, the Rams defense – led the league in total yards allowed, passing yards allowed, and points allowed on the season. And they will have Aaron Donald after he left last week's game with rib injuries, but it's looking like he might be close to 100%. Packers have outscored opponents 299-92 to in the first half. Opposingly, the Rams have never lost a game under head coach Sean McVay that they led at the half. And with the Packers, obviously, big time passing yards, uh, along with Adams, nobody else really stood out receiving wise. Uh, Valdez Scantling, 690 yards. Really, the emergence of Robert Tunyon, it's Probably the other big storyline for the Packers offense, 586 yards receiving and 11 touchdowns. But on the other side, for the Rams, Jared Goff will be getting the start. Wolford is out with a neck injury. Uh, But Goff, in his career, he's had two starts in games with temperature 35 degrees or below. In those two starts, zero touchdowns, five interceptions, and a quarterback rating of 34.5. Cam Akers, the man to watch running the ball. But overall, 
the storyline of this game is you have the best offense in the NFL against the best defense in the NFL. History tells you that the best defense usually wins that. The line on this game is actually Packers minus six and a half, a pretty wide spread. And I'm actually going to be going with the Packers in this game as well. I I think the Packers defense is better than the Rams offense. And I think that's going to be the deciding factor because Aaron Rodgers and Devonta Adams are going to get theirs. Maybe not putting up 35 points, but they're still going to get theirs in this game. I definitely so I have the Packers winning. I, I definitely agree with that, man. I got to go with the Packers. There's, there's just too much greatness on that offensive line to really to really be, be shut down by the Rams, man. Honestly, I I, I think I I definitely think Packers are gonna cover that six points easily. Interesting note on the Packers offensive line. Bell Deer was actually signed uh, to the practice squad for the Packers after playing for the Colts just this past weekend and was slated to be the first player ever to suit up for two different teams and get the start in the same postseason. Uh, he is actually out this week, COVID protocol. And for him to make that distinction, the Packers are going to have to move on. Next game on the docket is the Ravens at the Bills. Ravens coming off of a, a comfortable win over the Titans, matchup of the top two rushing teams in the NFL this season. And Lamar Jackson now has had over 100 yards rushing in his last two playoff starts. The Bills lost their standout rookie running back in that game. Season-ending injury, definitely going to be a blow for the Bills, uh, considering now it's just going to be down to Devin Singletary, who was averaging a poultry 4.4 yards on the ground. The, the rushing attack was never super dynamic for the Bills, but Moss definitely brought something to that. The Ravens are the only team in the NFL history with a winning record on the road in the playoffs with a record of 11 and six in road playoff contests. The Buffalo bills talked about them last week. The headliner obviously is Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs, 1500 yards receiving and eight touchdowns. But they will be going up against a stout Ravens defense. The Ravens only allowed two 100-yard receivers all season, and that was the fewest in the NFL. Uh, would not surprise me if Diggs does crack 100 yards, but it's the toughest matchup the Bills will have seen. On the flip side... As good as the Ravens' defense is, Josh Allen has actually went 5-0 this season against top 10 defenses, which is super impressive uh, for a kid that came out of the University of Wyoming. A lot of people hated on him uh, and his inconsistencies. Talked about a little last week, 69.2% completion percentage. Man, would it be nice if this guy was suiting up for the Denver Broncos? Yeah, it would be, man. It definitely would be. So, in the end, the line for this game is Buffalo minus two and a half. And this is not probably not my big upset pick, but this is an upset pick. I think the Ravens uh, not only cover this, but I think the Ravens win this game. This is where I got to disagree, man. I'm going with the Bills. Any particular reason? What, what are you looking for that you like? Do you really want my honest, honest opinion? Yes. I just don't like the Ravens. <laughs> I would, I would cheer for the Raiders against the Ravens. 
And I just don't like the Ravens, not because I don't like their their franchise. I just don't like the Ravens because of Ray Lewis. I do not like Ray Lewis. I I, I can relate with you on that. Uh, this will be a close game. I I foresee it being, you know, a relatively not a high scoring game, but not a low scoring game either. I guess a relatively average game is what I was going with there. Uh, the strength of the Ravens defense is stopping the run, but the Bills don't really run the ball. But that's one of that. That's the matchups that we're going to be seeing tomorrow. Uh, coming up after the break, we'll dive into and talk about Sunday's matchups and probably. The most intriguing matchups for me are actually both coming on Sunday in the NFL. Mr. Mike Jones getting ready to drop that knowledge on the upcoming NFL games on Sunday. So take it away, big boss. All right. We're going to dive right in with the first game on Sunday. I thought about making maybe making this the last game we talked about uh, because to me, it's actually the most intriguing matchup of the entire divisional weekend. And that, of course, is talking about the Cleveland Browns and the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, uh, oh yeah. Obviously, uh, Chiefs came in the season favorites to win the Super Bowl uh, and had a fantastic regular season, 14-2. and two. But there's some things – I'll dive into some interesting facts here first. Uh, Andy Reid, 25-5 and five all-time – after a bye. Obviously, the Chiefs had a bye week this past week. Uh, the only team in the AFC to get one. And the Chiefs, if they win this game, could be the first team to host three straight AFC championship games. For the Browns, coming off that huge win against the Steelers, emotional win against the Steelers, shorthanded win against the Steelers will be getting some of their key pieces back, including head coach Stefanski, Pro Bowl guard Batinio, and the team's best corner in Ward are all scheduled to return off the COVID list for this game. This will also be Kareem Hunt's first game going up against his former team, the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, getting down to a little bit more of the stats here, the... Chiefs are obviously a high-powered passing offense. Patrick Mahomes passed for 4,740 yards this season, including 38 touchdowns. Leading in receptions was Travis Kelsey with 105 yards receiving for or 105 receptions for 1,416 yards receiving, including 11 touchdowns. Uh, Kelsey actually had the most receiving yards by a tight end in NFL history. The other huge piece of that trifecta in the passing game is Tyreek Hill. Uh, Tyreek Hill was actually second among wide receivers in total touchdowns this season, including 15 touchdowns receiving uh, for with 1,276 yards. He also had th- uh, two touchdowns on the ground. On the other side, Browns were third in the NFL in rushing, and it didn't really slow down last week. Nick Chubb had a big game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Browns are averaging 169 yards a game on the ground in the games that Nick Chubb has been active for. The Chiefs were 22nd in the NFL against the run giving up an average of 122.1 yards per game. For the Browns on offense, Mayfield has not thrown a pick in five straight games. And coincidentally, the Browns are 11-0 in games in which they win the turnover battle. This is a game in which the Browns are not expected to win. Uh, The Browns were not expected to win last week either going up against the Steelers. Nobody expected them to come in shorthanded and perform like they did. And when I say nobody, I'm including myself in that. 
I for sure did not think that either. And they're going into this game with, again, the largest spread of the weekend. Uh, Kansas City minus 10 in this game. But looking at this, looking at the strength of the Browns running the ball, coupled with a Kansas City defense that's not great at stopping the run. Uh, They are good at forcing turnovers, including Tyron Matthew having a career-high six interceptions on the season. Uh, Lajarius Sneed and Daniel Sorensen both had three interceptions on the season. And then you also look at the fact that the Browns are coming in rolling. They have momentum. I worry a little bit about them being a little too high on themselves coming off of the W against the Steelers. But at the same time, they have momentum. And the Chiefs basically are coming in off of two weeks off. A lot of their key pieces got rest in week 17, including Patrick Mahomes, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey. Uh, these big pieces for them all have had two weeks off from football. And I worry about them coming into this game a little rusty. Uh, I, I, I could see that. I could see that. But possibly a little rusty. And I know that's hard to say when you're talking about arguably the best quarterback we have ever seen play football and the best tight end we have ever seen play football. So in short, man, Kansas City or the Browns? I'm. This is my This is my shocking pick. I'm actually going to take the Browns in this game. I, they're at least going to cover the minus the the plus ten, but I actually think the Browns come in and win this football game. I am a, in agreement with you. I'm going with the Browns as well. I want to see that upset. Last game to talk about the nightcap on Sunday is the Bucks at the Saints. Obviously, a divisional matchup. They this will be the third time they're matching up. And the Saints won both matchups this season, including in week nine, Bruce Breeze threw four touchdowns and zero interceptions in a 38 to three trouncing of Tom Brady and the Bucks. Kamara led all running backs in receptions with 83. All time head to head, Breeze against Brady. Breeze has the advantage. Five to two. And Brady had a great season this year. 4,600 yards passing, uh, 40 touchdowns. He had three games this year with a passer rating below 80. Two of those games came against the Saints. And Evans is averaging 30 yes less yards a game against the Saints than he is averaging in the rest of his career against all other teams. So in short, the line in this game is the Saints minus three. I think the Saints win. I know it's incredibly hard to sweep a team three games in the same season, but I think that's what the Saints do. They cover the three and they win this football game. You're going with the Saints. Yes. This one I'm I'm kind of torn on, man, because I I kind of want Brady to win. Whoa, that's kind of gross. Because I want that to be shown that he can win without New England. You know the what I mean? Bucks, yeah. The Bucks dominant passing the ball and mentioned the worst games for Brady were against the Saints. And it's not just against the Bucks. The, the Saints are actually the fifth best pass defense in the NFL this season. And I, that's, that's part of why I'm going with them. <sighs> this one, this like I said, man, this one, <laughs> this one's a difficult one for me because like I said, I, I always like to see Tom Brady lose. I Who think- doesn't? I think that was more or less the the case when he was with New England. But now it's in like that that difficult area where he's not with New England. New England's not even in the playoffs. And then you're kind of like, oh, I kind of want him. 
to do good. I'm, I'm going to go with Tampa Bay. I'm going to go with Tampa Bay. All right. All right. All right, guys. So, uh, agreed on to, disagreed on to. So there you go. You, you heard it. I'm going with Tampa Bay. Mike's not. That is all the time we have for today. Thank you, guys. EMP Show. We'll see you guys 